I met the criteria to be selected. But I wasn't. Evening all, welcome back to Met the Criteria, our final Met the Criteria of this uh, COVID-impacted 2020-21 season. And it's never got easier saying that, that the name of this season, but thankfully it's done now and we can look forward to doing it all over again with whatever the next season is going to be called. Uh, we're here to talk about the conclusion of the finals, the conclusion of the playoffs and, and all that jazz. Um, Jared in the hot seat, and just been absolutely flabbergasted that each time I press record on the Zoom meeting, Theo and Vincent have to give me their consent. Never knew that. Uh, Theo's in command of the, of the editing this week, so I'm, I'm blown away. Uh, Theo, what have you got to say about this? Just think how how much Vincent and I must trust you that we give voluntarily give you consent week in, week out to do with as you please um, our voices. And Vincent clearly hasn't learned his lesson at any point, given some of the things that uh, he's been over, been through in there wow. over the past couple of months. But there we go. Shots fired early on. Vinny, what have you got to say about that one? Uh, I just personally think Theo has not been able to forgive me for the past couple of weeks for saying that the Nets has been a failure of a season. Um, it seems like every week he's got a, a, a dig to come at me for. Didn't do anything to your brother. Uh, there's no need for that. Uh, yeah, I love you, brother. No need for that, Theo. No need. We're coming in fresh next season, Vinny. Don't worry. Once this season's done and dusted, we'll leave it all behind us. We can look look ahead. You can join me on the next bandwagon. It's absolutely fine, mate. It's all good. Well, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Met the criteria. There you go. It's certainly not met the criteria pod until the nets have been brought up in some some way within the first one minute, 45 seconds. But we, we don't care about the nets. This The start of this podcast, we are all, all going to discuss and praise the mighty Milwaukee Bucks who delivered a game six victory in front of their home fans. I think nearly, nearly 20,000 inside the arena and 65,000 uh, Wisconsinians, if that's even what they're called, Milwaukeeans, whatever you say, outside the arena in the day district there. It's over. We have an NBA champion. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we'll start with you, Theo. Is it, is it, is it well-deserved on the balance of, of how the finals shakes out? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I mean, I spoke quite, quite, um, quite frankly about how I didn't see the Bucks being able to, to win a game in Phoenix after the first couple of games. The sun started so strong. They looked so thoroughly in control, even though game two was closer than perhaps the scoreline indicated. It, I, I had backed the, the Phoenix Suns to, to get it done in, in seven games, I think I said. Um, but the Bucks absolutely took care of business. They did to win four games in the spin. It's the first time the Suns have lost four games in a row all season and they lost them at the absolute worst possible time. So it just speaks volumes about how good the Bucks have been in this playoff series. So they almost every criticism that's been levied at them throughout the course of the postseason, I think they've they've answered to some degree. I mean, Coach Bud, he's got a lot of flack from again myself included, but his limited coaching, seemingly limited coaching ability. He's come back and he's made the adjustments that he's needed to do. Um, he's responded in games, between games. He's done everything that could have been asked of him to to step up and deliver. Um, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, they've had some questions asked. Middleton particularly. Um, there's no more Craig. Maybe he's banished the, the curse of Craig Middleton. And, and Chris has shown that he can be and is 
a worthy uh, number two to, to Yanis. So it's like every every storyline that's cropped up, every question that the books have, have had asked of them, they've been able to sort of put to bed in this this final series. So yeah, I think uh, as 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 much as I may have wanted the Suns to win deep down, or maybe that I didn't want the books to win as a Nets fan, that you've got to got to tip your hat and, and give them credit because they they got it over the line and they they did what they had to do when it counted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my first text to you after the final score came in was at least you lost to the winners and you responded and said that that makes it a little bit worse, to be honest. So sorry about that. But yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, on the balance of the series, they were the better team when it mattered later into the series. This was a, a sort of repeat pattern in game one against the Miami Heat. They weren't great, but they managed to squeak out a win, got stronger as the series went on, swept the heat out of the playoffs. Against the Nets, obviously got beat by nearly 50 points in game two, managed to find their footing in that series, ended up winning in seven, lost game one to the Hawks, moving quickly past that one before you start arguing about injuries and stuff like that. Uh, Moving to the Hawks series again, lost game one at home, bit of a surprise loss, found their footing and even losing Yanis, they got stronger as the series went on. And in this finals, again, obviously down 0-2, become only the fifth team in NBA history to come down from uh, a 0-2 loss lead, whatever the phrase is, uh, to win the series. Impressive stuff. I think Budenholzer does have to take a lot of credit for that, uh, making his teams play their best basketball as the series uh, wore on. Uh, Vinny, come to you now. Uh, Do you think this was... uh, uh, Do you think Chris Paul... Is injured? Do you think that was had an impact on this series, or do you just think that Milwaukee were just too too good for Phoenix? I feel like Milwaukee were too good. I don't think Chris Paul was injured. I personally don't think he was injured. I just think that it got to a point where I'm not saying the pressure got to him. That is disrespectful to Chris Paul because I don't think pressure gets to him in that way. But if you're playing for a team that are bigger than you, physically bigger than you, and that's what the Bucs are. They're physically bigger than you. They're a better team. They've got more experience. These players, you have to think, the Chris Paul was leading a team that's never been to the playoffs in the entire... In the entire none of these boys have been to the playoffs. I think the only one who's been in the playoffs other than him was Jay Crowder. The rest of them, never been to the playoffs. Their first playoff. And... The Bucs have been doing this as a unit for the past, what, six years? They've been together six years. Yanis and and Chris have been playing with each other for, what, eight years, nine years? I don't know how long it's been, but for some time. It got to a point where you're playing against a better team than you. No disrespect to the Suns, but the Bucs were a better team than them. And they've only got one offensive powerhouse in Devin Booker. The Suns don't have another number two guy. DeAndre Ayton went a bit missing a couple of games, fouled out a couple of games, was was heavily exposed by Yanis um, Antetokounmpo. And it just got to a point where Chris Paul, I just think he'd done what he could. I don't think there was any more he could do. He can't be the guy that can drop that 50-point game or that 40-point game. Even though he's capable of it, he doesn't get it too often. So I just feel like the books were a better team. They got played out. They got paid, they they were their inexperienced showed. Their inexperienced showed. No disrespect to like Monty Williams, but he even came out afterwards and were thinking maybe I should have played. What's that big guy called who came who came on the Frank the Tank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. He even said, I'm gonna regret not playing him more because in that finals he was a good player. He was a good big man for them. But it's just I think he was inexperienced. The better team won and 
you can't look at Chris Paul and go, you should have been the better guy for that because you can't. Sometimes you get beat. People need to realise sometimes you just get beat. There's no, the, sometimes the best players can get beat. People need to realise that. I'll give you an example. Uh, Kevin Durant, when he was playing against the Bucks this season, he dropped 49 points, 49 points in a game. There's only, a, and he played the entire game. Yes, they managed to win, but the series itself, eventually the Bucks beat them. So you, sometimes you just get beat. People need to realise that you can't really blame an individual. Sometimes you just get beat. And yeah, and I think that's what, that's what happened with Chris Paul. I, to answer your question in the most, sorry, in the long-winded way, he wasn't injured in my eyes, no. I just think he just got played outplayed by a better team. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. My worst sort of uh, fear after this series was Chris Paul turning up at the post-game interview with some kind of cast on his hand or something. We saw LeBron do it a couple of years ago. You know, I've actually been playing with this fractured hand and all that kind of thing. That kind of showy. We saw it with James Harden as well, who all of a sudden had a grade three hamstring tear that he was apparently running around the court with. That don't don't let that injury be be your story. Chris Paul didn't. If if there was any injury, that wasn't the reason that they lost, and he he was sort of big enough to accept that. So, um, fair yeah. fair play to CP3 on that. Yeah, one. yeah. And people who come at people come at Chris Paul and say this has hindered his legacy. No. I don't think people. I don't. I really don't think people are. But people who do, who might go, he never won a championship or whatever. Like you are disrespecting a great right now because Chris Paul is one of the best floor generals that's ever been in the league. And some of the greats never won a a ring. Some of the greatest holers famous have never won a ring. I'll give you Reggie Jackson. Not Reggie Jackson. Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. Never won a a championship. T-Mac. Never won a championship. Uh, Who else? Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. Never won a championship. You, you get that, like people who slate people just for not winning a championship. Yes, a championship is important. No disrespecting anyone who's won a championship or the importance of winning a championship to do it throughout a season. But it doesn't define your career. It doesn't define Chris Paul's career right now, losing this game. And the thing is, don't write him off. You never know what could happen. Like, I don't know if this Laker trade could potentially happen, if he, he could go join the Lakers, but I know that got vetoed. I don't, you guys need to explain to me more about that veto kind of thing, but that you never know. You never know. So I'm not writing Chris Paul off ever. So I think it's, um, it's a bit of a different story with a player like Chris Paul, who's like you say, Vinny, he's a superb floor general. He's not the kind of player who can win you a championship. He certainly contributes to winning basketball. But I think when you're talking about individual legacies, I think it would be a bigger knock on Yanis to have not won than it would be on Chris Paul to have not won. Yanis is the kind of player who you expect to win a ring. You expect Chris Paul, uh, Yanis Antetokounmpo to win a championship. He's that ca- caliber of player. That is in that tier. Chris Paul, while he's incredible at what he does and he's, he's absolutely in the top ten for his position, he's not. He's not a championship winning player. He doesn't. He doesn't get you over the line. He gets you there, but he doesn't get you over the line. I think. So I think. As far as Chris Paul's legacy goes, this, if anything, it only improves that. He's made it to the finals now. He's sort of got that that burden off his back. But he's, I don't think it, anyone I don't think anyone can knock him for losing to the Bucks in the finals. It's a great achievement for him to even get there. I don't know if I fully agree with that, though, Theo. When you say he's not that player, that can, he's not a championship caliber. Correct me, please, if I'm paraphrasing, correct me. But when you say he's not a championship caliber player, is that what you kind of said? 
not so much. He's not a championship caliber player, but I, he's not the kind of player who will win you a championship. You couldn't have Chris Paul be the best player on your team. And no, of course. I'll league. agree that. I'll agree with that. Whereas I think Yanis is the kind of player who can be the best player on the team, as we've just seen, can be the best player and but, win. That's what I mean. He can be, Chris Paul can be that individual that can win you a championship. He That's what say, my he, argument is. Because I feel like they could have won the championship. The Suns could have. They've got to the finals. Look, Look what look what he look what the look what he's done. I, I know they got beat. The end of the day, you, someone could shut me down. This goal, they got beat still. But look what they did. They 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 first first finals in what however long and first playoff and they've got to the finals because of him. He's the only new player that's come in. Obviously, Jay Crowder. Not just respect to Jay Crowder. Of course, he was important too. But everyone knows Chris Paul played a huge impact in what they are. So I feel like he he's he is one of those players that can make a team from great to a championship team. He might not necessarily be the best player on that team. And I don't think Chris Paul's ever been the best player in any team he's ever played for. I don't think with the Clippers, it was always either um Blake Griffin or I don't know, Lamar Oldham if he played with them. Did he play with Lamar Oldham? Did he play with Lamar? I don't know. Oh, did he not? I don't, I don't know. I'm not I, sure. I don't know if he did, but Blake Griffin was the best player or even DJ back in the day when DJ was balling, you could even say DJ was a better player. But Chris Paul has always been an important, important player. Houston, James Harden was still the best player. Even at OKC, you could even say Shea Gilgis Alexander. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not that far. Maybe that team was never going to be capable of anything big. But that's what I'm trying to get at. I feel like Chris to say Chris Paul is not the player you need to win a championship. I feel it's a slight disrespect in the sense of I think he is. He can he he makes a team miles better being on that team, but not necessarily being the best player in that team. But I think he makes the team miles better. Yeah, I think that's the point. Chris player, Chris player, Chris Paul. Sorry, is the perfect player to elevate the team to a championship standard, but he isn't the perfect player to win that championship himself. He can get everyone else to the level, as we've seen with this Phoenix run, where they they get to the finals. But it needed to be someone else that was going to finish the job, we could say. And and that's just that that quality that he lacks. And, I mean, you say about his Clippers run, I think he probably, on balance, was the best player on the team. And they, they never even made a conference final. So I think that kind of says everything. He elevated everyone. But he him being the best player, you couldn't quite get it over the line. He's almost like the perfect number two, isn't he? He's exactly the kind of player you want to be the second best player on your team. I mean, if you think if if Devin Booker scored 40 points in game six, they would have won. If Devin Booker played as well as he had done throughout that series and scored 40, they would have won. The, we would be looking at a game set, game seven, we'd be talking about, not game six. Whereas the expectation was on Booker to score 40, whereas nobody was expecting Chris Paul to, to, to do that because it's not that's not his role. I think Chris Paul did his job perfectly. Um, throughout, maybe not throughout the entirety of the finals, but certainly in game six, I think he scored 26 points, dished out, dished out the, the rebound, the assists, certainly did his job. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the, he's, I think he's the perfect number two, but you know, he, he, to use, to use the analogy that's been thrown around with regards to Yanis, he's mm. definitely more of a Robin than a Batman. I know like you guys, but I, I, what I'm trying to get at though, I don't think this finals was great for him. 
he was he was not great in this finals. He was not very good. Like I think his amount of turnovers. I think he's. I think the entire record for the turnovers before the finals. And then in, in like two games, he got more than he got in turnovers, which was very poor. Or the, the sloppy plays, everything he'd done. I personally think he wasn't playing at his best because of a team was better than him. But Devin Booker was the, Devin Booker is the best player in the team. Would you all say that Devin Booker is the best player in that Suns team, right? So that's what I mean. He's the best player in the Suns. I just feel like they were outplayed. Not that they could not have won the championship, but they were just played by the better team. If you will, with what I'm trying to get at, are you getting what I'm kind of getting at? Yeah. And I do, I do agree. Like obviously they, they lost the, the best team won in that instance, but what I'm just the point I'm making is that there's a tier of player a category of player. You look at people like Kevin Durant, like LeBron James, like Yanis, Kawhi, even you put in that top bracket of players, you expect them to go and win titles for their team you don't expect Chris Paul to win you a title. You expect him to contribute to championship level basketball. Like you say, I fully agree with that, but you wouldn't, I don't think you could ever say that we won that title because of Chris Paul in the way you would say we won that title because of Devin Booker. Like if Devin Booker scores 40, we're talking about game seven. If he scores 40 in games, in game seven and they win, then not like Chris Paul. MVP, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas I think the expectation is different particularly with regards to legacy with the impact that it will have on a, I don't think Chris Paul's, I don't think Chris Paul's legacy has been impacted by not being able to get past Anthony Tacumpo's books. 10 years time, no one's talking about the 20, what year is it? 2021 championship season as, as being the, the Phoenix Suns failure. It's going to be Yanis's first ring. That's, that's the narrative. That's the legacy. I'll get that. So I don't think, I don't think it impacts Chris Paul. I just, I don't know about that, though, that statement when you say that no one can actually say we won that championship because of Chris Paul. Because I think that's a statement that can be said. Not that he was the best player in that franchise. Because, I'll give you an example. Look, do you know when Iggy won the um, finals MVP for the Warriors a couple of years ago? Yeah. They didn't win the championship because like Iggy was the best player, but they won the championship because he was a finals MVP. He was absolutely brilliant. Even though he's argued that it could have been Steph Curry that season, right? But what I'm trying to get is you can say about Chris Paul, we won the championship because of Chris Paul. It's just, they were played by the better team. They were outplayed by a better team this time around. But I don't know if I'm explaining it right. Maybe I'm not explaining what I'm trying to, I'm not in Nancy. I think you are. I think I, we understand what you're saying. I just don't think yeah. you agree. I, okay. Yeah, maybe that's, no, no, I agree. Maybe that's it. You just don't agree with it. I just feel like because he's made the Suns a finals contender. He's made a finals, a conference championship team. I mean, conference winning team. He's made the Suns the number one seeded team. Were they the number one seeded or was the number two? number two seeded team when before they were the 10th seeded team, like he's made them massively better. And if they had won this championship, we would have all been saying different things, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you want, I don't know. Maybe I'm not saying it right, but that's fine. That's fine. I think one thing that we can be certain about is that a team can win a title with Yanis as its best player, as we've just seen. And uh, we're nearly 20 minutes into the pod this week. And uh, I said to the boys before before recording this week, you need to prepare for some from James, James Harden slander from me, um, because I want to take you back to pre-pandemic. I know it's been a, been a long time now, before 
COVID shut down the league, February 2020, James Harden said the following in an interview with Rachel Nichols. I wish I could be seven feet, run and just dunk. That takes no skill at all. I got to actually learn how to play basketball and how to have skill. I'll take that any day. So as the James Harden super fan on this podcast, well, I could address either of you really, but I'm looking at Vincent, not that you can really tell. Does it take, does Yanis's game take no skill? Or has is that one of the worst aged interviews in NBA history, Vincent? Okay, first of all, do you, did you did you even listen to last week's pod or the week before that? How I've been praising Yanis and and I've been literally saying I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that you don't believe that. I'm asking you to comment on James Harden's okay, on terrible interview. No, 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 no. At the time, obviously, like I, I think I mentioned it, I was team Harden all the way, and I think maybe my my uh, Rockets bias, I was like, yeah, Sats Yanis, even though I rated him, and I was like, yeah, he has a point, but. At the time when that interview was made, that's what Yanis was doing majority of the time. That's what Yanis was doing. He was just dunking on people. He wasn't working on his uh, perimeter shooting. He wasn't really working on his jump shot. That's what Yanis was dominating at. It was a dominating powerhouse in the paint. That's what he was doing, was dunking on people. Of his 50 points in game six, how many were jump shots and You didn't let me finish, please. I, I was getting to that point. What I was trying to say is, at the time when that interview was said, that's what Yanis was doing. He wasn't really working on his perimeter shooting. He wasn't really working on his free throws. He was well, okay, not maybe not free throws, but he was a dominant powerhouse at the paint. That's what Yanis was doing at the time of that interview. What Yanis has done since that interview, which was about three years ago, if I'm correct, three years, he's become a better perimeter shooter. Last year, it was last year. Was it last 18, year? Eighteen months ago. It was 2020 last year. Okay, 2020 last year. But anyway, he's worked at that. He's worked at that. And the thing is, you have to remember, Yanis was... uh, He's improved as a player, Jared. He's improved as a player. That's what I mean. So of that 50-point game when 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 he... On the finals MVP... I am not even denying that was outstanding play. And he wasn't just dominating in the paint. He was doing everything. Jump shots, fade away. Uh, he won three-pointer, I think. His free throw was amazing. He improved as a player. People can improve as a player over time. At that time of that interview, Harden was talking sense. He was saying right things because that's what James, that's what Yanis is doing. Yanis was just a powerhouse in the paint. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have said talking sense, but I mean, you can get where he's coming from with it because that's what Yanis was play was. He was he was known for that, a powerhouse, but now he's more than just that. He can do, he can, he's a better perimeter shooter. He can do the fadeaway jump shot. He could do a normal jump shot even too, but it's still not even that brilliant at that. But at the time of the interview, you can get why he said that, but he's improved over that time and he's and he's proven in the big time. I've got to take exception with this, Vinny. I'm sorry. I will let you come in in a second, Theo. Giannis's performance in this finals has been likened to Shaquille O'Neal. That is better. maybe even better. All right, you've said it yourself. That is how dominant Giannis has been it, it, pretty much in, in, in and around the paint, pretty much exclusively. He's been running and just dunking. It takes skill to do what he's done because if it was as easy as James Harden made out in that interview, Jared, how many players would be doing it? Jared, Jared, do you, I want you to do this. 
run down what I said last week. I'm almost certain I was literally saying this. I was like, Bobot is a massive power unit. Why is he not doing it? I sl- I, I get what you're saying. I agree with you. But I what think he does. But I think what, what, you're, what, you're, what you're doing is you're... It, I, I'm, I'm not, to be honest, Giannis is on the side. I'm, a, I'm on James Harden at this bit. No, because no. you're saying that James Harden was right in what he said about Giannis a, a year, 18 months ago, whatever. But now that's, that's out of date. When I think it's more a fact of that James Harden maybe isn't as... Uh, in some ways, isn't as skilled of a player as Yannis. I think that's the short and long of that. My opinion. Or first of all, that's 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 slanderous talk there, Jared. For James Harden is much more skillful of a black basketball player than Yannis any day of the week. I don't care. He's a better perimeter shooter, better free throw shooter, better or ball handler, better better passer. James James Harden is a better skillful player than Yannis, no matter what anybody says. Than Yannis all day long. But what I'm trying to get at is. Yanis is very good, without stat. Not just a very good, outstanding player. Two-time MVP. Yeah? Better than James Harden. You're talking. You're talking. You're talking rubbish, but man. You're talking rubbish. I'm sorry. You're talking rubbish right now, big man. I'm sorry. But anyway, just let me say that. Two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. All I'm just trying to say is, Yanis had never done it in the big time, or Yanis had never. But Yanis proved it and he's done it in the big time. So yes. It, you can say it's aged well, and he's. But what James Harden's saying is, is not lying. He he has to learn his skill. Yanis is a freak of nature. He's massive. He's a unit. He has got the benefits of doing that. But I'm not trying to say is what he does doesn't take time and patience and effort and and, and constant trying to prove because you can't be a big unit but be a terrible basketball player. But he uses it at advantage. But James Harden is smaller. James Harden's had to work on his ball handling. James Harden's worked... I'm just trying to say is it takes more effort to do what James Harden does than what Giannis does. I'll jump in. I'm going to piggyback a little bit off what Vinny's saying. I think with regards to this Harden statement, I don't necessarily think he was wrong at the time. He was probably exaggerating a little bit um, with regards to all he does is run and dunk. It's probably not really true. I think the, the way you've got to look at it He's called the Greek freak for a reason. The man is a freak of nature. For reference, Jarrett Allen, current Cavs centre, next legend, is the same height and one pound heavier than Yanis. So for all intents and purposes, they, they weigh the same and they're as tall as each other. If Jarrett Allen tried to do any of the things that, that Yanis does, it would, he'd never be in the, in the NBA. He wouldn't make it in the league because he's, he couldn't if he tried. That's just a testament to just how much of a, um, a specimen Yanis is, athletically speaking. There's just no comparison. I think if Yanis Antetokounmpo was James Harden's size and body type, he wouldn't be in the NBA. So much of Yanis's game is as a result of his athleticism. And that's the reason why he's a top three player. If he wasn't as athletic at that size, he probably would still be in the league. Maybe we'd be talking top 10 rather than top three. But so much of his game is is dependent entirely on his on his athleticism, and that's fine. That's not a knock on Yanis. He's still. I do think Yanis is better than Harden. By the way, I'd, I'd rank Yanis above him on a top a top three, and sorry, in a top ten list. But there's no way in uh, that that um, James Harden is less skilled in any area than Yanis. I think if you're looking purely at ability with a basketball, Yanis win, Sorry, Harden wins in every category. And that's fine, but again, it's just a testament to how... Just to clarify, 
Sorry, Phil. Sorry, just, just, to, to just to test. Let me just finish this statement. Otherwise, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. That's just a testament as to how much of an impact Yanis's athleticism has on his game. That he can take him above and beyond a more skilled player who can do far more than he can with regards to with his bag. But he's still a better player than that guy because he's such a freak. And that's no knock on Yanis. That's it's no knock on Harden. And I'll come on to Yanis's sorry Harden's actual comment after you've said what you want to say. No, but. Like just to, to just touch on as well, when I said Jan, uh, James Harden is more of a skillful player, I mean, I'm not saying Yanis, I'm not saying James Harden is a better player than Yanis, but he's a more skillful, he can do more with the ball than Yanis. He's a better perimeter shooter, better free throw shooter, better ball handler, better passer. That's what I mean. But if we're talking a better player, like who you who are you thinking is a better player overall, then it would be Yanis. But skillful wise, James Harden is a miles better in that sense. Miles, miles better. It, I, I, don't, I don't know if that made sense to you, but for me, that does. He's yeah, we, more we know skilled. you just walked back about Harden being better than Yannis. We, we just saw that. We just Sorry? saw you walk back about Harden being better than Yannis. No, no, we, no, we no, 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 no. But I've never rated Harden over Yannis in the top five, big man. I've always said top I mean, you three. just said it like five minutes ago. No, no, no. Okay, the listeners all heard it. Listen to, our top top ten. Heard it. listen to our top 10 list. Listen to our top 10 list. I rated James Harden number six. I never, I always rated Yanis top three. Top three. I've always said LeBron, KD, Yanis. I've always said that, no matter what. Then Kawhi number four. You listen to our top 10, big man. Top 10, I said, yeah, I said, yeah. James Harden was not even in my top five. So that just, I don't know where you're thinking that. And that's why I wanted to clarify to you what I mean when I say Yanis, I mean, James Harden's more skillful player than Yanis, than Yanis, yeah. On to what, what Harden actually said. I don't think, like I say, I think he was exaggerating a little bit. To say that all Yanis does is just run and dunk. We can see the the um, what he was getting at, obviously throwing that slide dig. But I do fully agree with Vincent when I think when he says that Yanis has actually just improved since since then. I'm just going to throw a bit of context on what um, what Vincent was saying at that point that he was making. Last season in the playoffs, Mr. Run and Dunk Man, Yanis Antetokounmpo shot 71% on 10 shots at the rim. Uh, this is in the in the playoffs. Uh, this season, he shot 78% on 11 shots per game. That equates to one more basket at the rim per game. Uh, last season, he shot 30% on one attempt from the mid-range. And this season... He shot three times that, shooting three shots per game from the mid-range. Now, that's the same, the same efficiency, but he's just in, increased his skill in the mid-range. And more importantly, um, I think he is shooting, again, three times the amount of shots inside the paint, but outside the restricted area. So that's like your fadeaways, your hook shots, all that kind of thing. He's not, he's, he's taking just as many, well, he's, he's shooting at the rim even more than he was, but he's also shooting three times as many shots that aren't just layups and dunks. His perimeter shooting is more or less the same. His three-point uh, regressed slightly this playoffs. Obviously, he had that shooting slump, didn't he? And, he's, uh, and that's obviously impacted him. But throughout the regular season, I believe he was a, a similar clip. And I think that just goes to show his development as a player. 18 months ago when Yanis said he just runs and dunks, well, he was shooting one shot from the mid-range per game last playoffs. He's shooting three times that now. He was shooting one shot per game from inside the outside the restricted area, inside the paint, shooting three times as many shots now. So 
I think Yanis's evolution as a basketball player is evident because he's played so much better this playoffs than he did last playoffs. So I, I, I see what you're saying. It does sound like it was a bad take from Harden, but at the same time, it could just be that Yanis has improved and shown just how much of a freak he can be. Okay, you're coming up with stats. I'm coming up with my own stats then. Name when these stats were taken from for Yanis. 30 points, 13 rebounds, just over five assists. Where are those stats from? The finals. No, those were his season averages when James Harden made this quote. In his his second back-to-back MVP season, those were his stats. Also, Vincent, you are correct. They are his stats from this finals. So his statistics, statistically... Everything is the exact same. Now, you're saying he's taking his shots from his different places. That's fine. That's not ultimately resulting in a lot more scoring. Maybe compared to last playoffs in the bubble when he, he had a bit of a stinker, he's made that improvement in the air. But but when Yanis, when James Harden sorry, said this quote, Yanis pretty much was averaging and doing exactly the same as he's doing now. Now, you've spoken, you've spoken about skill. Excuse me. You've spoken about skill and, and how difficult it is what James Harden does compared to what Yanis does. Okay, that's fine. Basketball isn't necessarily all about a game of skill, isn't it? It's a blend of skill and athleticism. And the fact that no one this playoffs has come close to stopping Yanitz, where James Harden has been stopped on plenty of occasions in the playoffs, and ultimately this season it was his fat belly that you know led to him being in poor conditioning and getting injured in the playoffs. How it's so much more impressive that, that nothing can be done to stop Giannis. To me, I don't like the skill, take it out of it. The guy just dropped probably the best closeout game in NBA history and apparently has no skill. No, no, Jared, 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 Jared. Not what you're saying, but that's, you know, that's the take because he doesn't have a bag. No, no, but maybe James Harden changed that take. It was 18 months ago. Maybe he changed that take. All I don't care. Okay, I told you the Harden slander was coming. No, 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 no. But what I'm trying to get at, though, is look, none of us are disagreeing with what you're saying, buddy. We're not disagreeing. Like, we can all agree that Yanis's game seven was out, look, game six, sorry, was outstanding. Probably one of the great, uh, that's probably the greatest finals I've ever seen, or probably one of the best plays I've seen an individual do. Like, the guy was unbelievable. Unbelievable the way he carried the team. All I'm trying to get at was when that comment was made 18 months ago, you can get why James Harden's a bit frustrated because the thing is, you have to listen to the context of that conversation. First of all, they've just come back from an all-star game where he basically said the game plan was to defend whoever's got to give the ball, got the, whoever's guarding Harden, give him the ball. And you can get why James Harden was a bit bitter about the conversation and, and said that about Yanis. But what he what he was saying was what I do takes more skill. What I do takes more time and effort. He's naturally got that thing. And none of us as well, all three of us can all agree that James Harden is not a better player than Yanis. Yanis is a top three player. We could all agree on that. But what James Harden was trying to say is I have to work hard at my skill levels. I have to do more than Yanis. Because Yanis, as they were saying, is an, a freak of nature. He, he it's less difficult for him to do. He still has time to work and he still has to work on it, but he's got less difficulty for him. But 
I'm not I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but 50 the game was outstanding. Like Yanis was amazing. The blocks, the defending, the when, when your players, when your your number two guy is not doing that well, when Drew Holiday is not doing that well offensively, to to pick your team up, where you're slated constantly for your free throws. Now you've been poor, like he he will even admit it. He was been poor with his free throw. And to finally do it in a game six in a finals at Milwaukee to score 17 of 19, if I'm correct, 17 of 19 free throws. That is outstanding. That is outstanding. And he's even said, like, everyone said, I can't shoot free throws. To deal with all that, everyone's slating him, counting 10, 10, 9, 8. None of us, uh, we can all unanimously agree that Yanis, what he'd done, deserved to be a champion and a top three recognised player. But I just feel like dragging James Harden, you can't slate James Harden that that badly because he was in a team where he's had to do it all by himself sometimes. He was in a team where he had to be that go-to guy where I have to be the one that drops 50 points because no one else is going to help me out here. I have to be that person who's going to drop 50 points. So that's what I feel like. You can't just slate Harden like that. He's got, got, got feet. I can see a little smirk in your face, Darren. No, I'm I was sorry, just, but I was just, I was just wondering how that NBA finals went for James Harden when he was the only one who was averaging historic numbers and the only one carrying his team. How did James let's, Harden do in that finals again? Listen, listen, let's listen. not let's not get it twisted though. Sorry to cut you off, Vince. And let's not forget, Giannis Antetokounmpo was Kevin Durant's big toe away from going home in the in the second round. Like Kevin Durant on his own and James Harden with one leg nearly sent Giannis home. But like. Antetokounmpo was only in that position because of fortuitous circumstances, let's say. Maybe fortuitous circumstances is the wrong word. They still had to be what was in front of them. They had to be what was in front of them all day long. And I'm trying not to take anything away from the books. But if James Harden was healthy in that series, we'd be having a conversation about James Harden's closeout game in probably game four of the NBA finals, not necessarily Yanni in this situation. Okay, I'm not going to agree with wow. that. Wow. I necessarily feel I'm not going to... I stand by it. I stand James, by it. James, no way. There's, 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 but, no, James no, no. Harden hasn't had a closeout game in his playoff career and he's suddenly going to be oh, the one over Kevin Durant having a closeout game. I mean, oh. I, I'm not I'm not going to come at Kevin Durant because, you know, no, no, no. in that no, no, series, no, no. KD was no, no, no. a player. But the but thing is... No, 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 Jared, 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 Jared. No, I'm sure we've heavily discussed this many times in this podcast where we've literally talked about how James Harden has had to do it on his own sometimes. And he has even said that sometimes I can't be the only guy. And he's even admitted it now with the Nets that I can't be the guy that drops 50 points or 60 points. I can't just do that. And he's realised that about his game. So you can't slate him because... If James Harden wasn't doing that for the Rockets, where do you think the Rockets would be? All those years, if James Harden wasn't dropping those numbers for us, just to humor me, where do you think the Rockets would be? Irrelevant. They'd be irrelevant. They would be literally irrelevant. They would have have been irrelevant the whole time. No one would come to Houston. No players would come to Houston. No one would be attracted to Houston. Only people who came to Houston when they're in the prime, Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, they came to play with to James Harden because he was such an offensive powerhouse. He couldn't do it. And then he's admitted, I can't do this. I He's even admitted potentially to himself, I can't be the best player in this team to win, to win a championship. And that's why I've had to go to the Nets. I can't be the best player in a franchise to win a championship. So that's why I feel like you can't slate Harden. 
Harden did what he had to do to survive. Harden was dropping crazy numbers. And that's not even his style of play. He's more of a guard. He's come to the net and he's become more of a point guard now because he's realized, nah, I don't want to be doing that anymore. I'm a better facilitator. I'm a better passer of the ball. If you need me to drop 50 points, I'll drop 50 points. But I'm good if KD can do it. Kyrie, have some fun. I'm willing to take that take that responsibility because he's now admitted I can't be the best player in the franchise. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take any slander on James Harden. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stick up for Harden now any more than perhaps that Vinny has already, because I know Vinny won't stand for no messing. Just going back to this this um comment that he made, and I think this probably nicely um not summarises, but I think underlines the improvement that Yanis has made um, over the last 12 months. Talking about last season's playoffs, Bam Adebayo had Yanis in his pocket in that Miami Heat series in the bubble last season. Bam Adebayo couldn't hold a torch to Yanis this season in the playoffs. And I think that's just a testament to how much improvement Yanis has, has made Yes, there is still a large part of his game that consists of running and dunking, but I think you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who can watch what Yanis has done in the playoffs this season and, and look at what Yanis did in the playoffs last season, even in the regular season to a degree, and say, this guy's not got better. It's not just about the numbers, it's not just about the, the points he scores, but it's about the, the variety that's in his game now. It's, He's got the... It's even like the facilitating, the passing of the ball, the, the assists, the, the blocks... Yanis is become ah uh, no nah, I'm not gonna say the face of the NBA that's too soon but he's become the the poster nah stop saying that but he's become a big deal I'm sorry but Yanis without a doubt he, this finals you you gotta give him his flowers as NBA players would say you gotta respect what he's done because he's dealt with so much rubbish people slating him saying oh you just this, you can't, you can't throw a free throw, comparing him to Ben Simmons with the free throw line, the jokes, everything about him. And he just dealt with it. And he's not done it the easy way, as people would say, like gone to a super team, gone to, gone to, like, what I, obviously I wanted him to join the Mavericks, him and Luka Doncic could have been amazing, or joining the, um, he has done it with his brother, Chris Middleton, who he said worked with Milwaukee, Done, got a good, a, a good core of good players, good players, and made them better. Sorry, what are we saying, buddy? What are you laughing at, Theo? I'm just laughing because you said you. He said he's done it with his brother, and I thought you were going to mention Thanasis. And then he oh, said, yeah. Chris, then he said yeah. Chris Middleton. Oh. No, no, no. But he classes Chris as his brother yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But like Chris Middleton, we're always having this discussion all the time. Is he a max contract player? To me, sometimes he's not. Sometimes he is. But Yanis did it the right way, you could even say. Like, I saw a discussion, saw before people would say, whose rings are you taking? Yanis's ring or KD's two rings at at, um, uh, at the Warriors? Like, obviously, not not literally saying two rings over one ring, but how he's done it. Who, which ring would you rather have? And I feel like Yanis done it in a way that's amazing to, to stay in Milwaukee. And people who slate the box and God, they were very fortunate. The AD was injured or... Oh, KD and Kyrie Harden never played with each other or uh, what if uh, what if the um, Denver Nuggets had Jamal or whatever or uh, the Clippers what if they had Kawhi Leonard people can always say that and the thing is sometimes it's not a bad thing to be fortunate it's not like a bad thing to to have to be to be have a good run 
not like a bad thing. Sometimes in life, you you can just be very fortunate how things can all fall through. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you can be really fortunate, but it's not a bad thing. They've still done something that's incredible. They've won an NBA championship. Not many teams who have been absolutely dominant have done that. So you can't slate them. Good on them. I, I agree to a, to an extent. And like Jared mentioned the other week, and it's very true, there's there's good fortune in the path to every NBA finals. Every every NBA champion at some point will have had some fortuitous circumstance go in their favour. And I agree. What I'd take umbrage with is Yanis turning around and saying, I've done it the hard way. I've not joined a super team. I've, I've built from Milwaukee. And again, I'm kind of just totally disagreeing with what you've said Um Vincent there that yeah yes he has done it the hard the hard way I'm using air quotes for our listeners at home because he did stay in Milwaukee and I do have respect for him and, and have to give him props for that because he's what he's done for the city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin and small market basketball teams throughout the league is fantastic but again you didn't do it the hard way you were Kevin Durant's size 44 trainer away from facing ill and from going home like it irks me it, it, and this is me being petty and neither of you are going to agree with me because it's just this is just me being totally next biased but I don't see how you can have such a fortuitous run have so many things go in your favour along the way to, to, what's to make so many of, what's, what's, what's so, so many, many things yeah what's so, so many, many list so many, all the so, so many, many things. things so many things alright so um, in against the Nets series the Nets had one and a half of their big three in a healthy for, for, for three of the games they had two of the big three for the first four and we won by 50, 40 points in one a, of it, those games it was a 2-2 series carry on well it was it was three it was three sorry it was 2-1 when Kyrie Irving the, the game Kyrie Irving exited and the two games in, in two games in Brooklyn the Nets won one of those games was by 40 points. They were getting absolutely smashed up with just Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. James, no sign of James Harden at all at this point. So they had a very fortuitous run against Brooklyn. You've just because... said so many, Theo. You've only given one. Well, Vincent, what happens with lists is you say one thing and then you move on to the next thing. Okay, so now that I've said that thing, I'm going to move on to the next thing. The next thing, there was no Joel Embiid. There was no Philadelphia 76ers because the Hawks took care of them. And that's obviously, that's a whole, that's a 76ers problem, not a, um, not a, a Bucks issue. But let's no. be honest, are the Bucks, is, is, the, is the Hawks an easy ride to the, to the final? To play the Hawks in the conference final, is that easy? I, yes, I don't. No, I don't think we seven, can do this. You don't. You don't pick at the start of the season. These are the two best teams in the league. These are the two best teams in the conference. These are the four best teams. It doesn't work like that. You play the games, and whoever the best team is progresses. No, exactly. So you and you can't, there's, you there's, can't, what was the Hawks did, How did the 76ers? They did, but would the 76ers have been a much tougher matchup for the Bucks? No, because the Hawks beat the 76ers. So if the Bucks, uh, do, you beat think the Hawks, Joel, do you think Joel Embiid? Do you think do you think Joel Embiid is going to let? Uh, let Yanis do what he did against the 76ers as he did against the Hawks. But he the, got the beat Hawks. by the Hawks, though. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously. Right. But it's, the, the point is, they were fortunate not to play the tougher matchup. Yes, I, I see. I, I take what you're saying. Yeah, they they got beat by the Hawks. And like I said initially, that's a that's a 76ers problem rather than a, a Bucks issue. But they've, they've avoided the tough, a tougher path to the finals. They didn't have to play the best team because of the implosion that happened in Milwaukee, in, sorry, in Philadelphia. Sorry, so just to clarify, you are saying that 
the team that got beat could have beat the team that got beat by let's say so you're saying Philadelphia 76ers would could have had a tougher matchup than the Atlanta Hawks but the Atlanta Hawks beat the 76ers and yes right okay wow that's dude. exactly what wow. I'm saying yeah can I may wow. I continue with my list may I continue <laughs> sorry, with my list sorry Theo I'm that's just saying come on you're telling con- to put that into context Theo that's like me sitting here and saying that if the Boston Celtics would have beaten the Brooklyn Nets in the round one, they would have then gone on to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. That's the equivalent of what you're saying here, <laughs> aka but, absolute balderdash. Continue. Well, it's not though, is it? Because it the, is. the seventy sixes were the the seventy sixes were the best team in the conference. No, they, they got beat. They weren't the best team in the conference. The best team in, in the, the regular conference. season. In the regular season, they were the best team in the conference. That, exactly. Regular season is very is different. Is a different thing to playoff basketball. We all know. Of that. course it is. Of course it is. But, but and we also know that Joel Embiid is a much tougher matchup for Yanis. Is that not fair to say? Is it not fair to say that by the Hawks? That, I'm not getting. I would it. say Clint Capella is a better defender than Embiid. So, I just anyway. What's your third one on the list? My, my, my third. My third point. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is injured. The Lakers flame out in round one. Healthy, healthy Lakers, I think, is a much more t- difficult proposition. A healthy Clippers is a much more difficult proposition in the finals. There was not another team that could have come out of the, the West, with the exception of the Jazz, maybe the Nuggets, that would have been posed less of a challenge for the Bucks than what came out. Like, and again, it's the same thing with these teams lost throughout along the way, but injuries. Those teams, any of those teams at full strength would have caused far more issues for the Bucks in the finals than... And again, this is in no way hating on the No, you can't say that now. I was just about to bring that up. But, but the, Because at the end of the day, they still have to beat what was in front of them. They still had to beat the Hawks. Yes, it wasn't the 76ers, but they still had to beat the Hawks. They still had to beat the Suns, and that's fair enough. That's fine. They did the best team won in that instance. You could also argue the healthiest team won. Because the Bucks didn't have any injuries, but again, this goes back to the the about Divincenzo. Um, this goes back to Yanis being an absolute freak of nature. Is that the man bent his knee all the way backwards two weeks before, two weeks ago, like practically two weeks ago, the guy's knee went the wrong way entirely, and he still had the closeout game of all closeout games. Like absolutely nothing but respect to them. Their health was the probably the biggest factor compared to the other teams. The other contending teams in the league, I think. And maybe that, that, well, no, that probably is likely me being a bitter net fan. However, I'm not having that he took, defeated all the super teams and did it the hard way. He beat all the super teams to get where he was. That was the point he was making. He did it the hard way by staying at Milwaukee. He didn't beat all the super teams. He beat broken shells of super teams and other teams that had beaten broken shells of super teams. Look, Vinny, it, that's that's it. Vinny, all we all we need to do is is remember this because if the Brooklyn Nets ever win a championship, we, we have this take clearly on the record. And whoever it is that gets injured throughout a, a Nets championship <laughs> run, that, they, they weren't the best team. They, they were just the healthiest team. No, no, that, that's the only reason they won. Uh, but I don't mean any disrespect to them having disrespected them for 25 minutes. Look, Theo, I'm not being funny. The Milwaukee Bucks don't have one player on their roster who was a lottery pick. Their highest pick on their roster was Yanis at 15. They are a three max, they've got three max contract players, just like the Nets. 
They've got three max contact contract players who were, didn't come into the league. Like Chris Middleton was a G League player who the internal development of the organisation and working alongside and all-time great like Yanis has led to him being this great player. Drew Holiday was a mid-first-round mid pick who, you know, has worked his A off on the defensive end and become an integral part of that team. If you if you were to match up these players three for three, you'd take KD over Yanis, you'd take Harden over Middleton, and you'd take Kyrie over Drew Holiday, correct? Yeah. So it's fine you sitting there and saying they've both got three max contract players when you would take the three on the nets before you would take the three on the books. So... The, the the way this the organization have worked and the way Yanis has worked to to not not follow the the pattern of teams in the past forming together to 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 make a super team superstars coming together from across different teams in the league to work with what they've got and to to build through the draft. That's why it's the it, hard way. in this way. That is why it's the hard way. Yanis could don't forget Yanis at the end of this season was due to be a free agent. Imagine if he'd have won this championship now. That literally every team in the league would be opening up their roster for him. Clippers will trade you Paul George a million. Well, not that we've got any picks, we'll have you. Dallas Mavericks, Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers, we'll give you AD, we'll take you, Giannis. They do every single team will be lining up for this guy. He committed to Milwaukee before this season. He didn't want to form this super team. He wanted to do it with the guys that he's been working with, the organization that has been built pretty much from the ground up, one of the worst teams six, seven years ago. And now he's got his championship. That is why it's harder. That's why it's hard, man. All I'm saying is, in, you look at, does this happen in a in a non? In, if we've not had the injuries that, that that has been plagued this season throughout the entirety of it, not just the playoffs. These are the injuries that have gone on throughout the season. If this is a regular air quotes for listeners at home, if this is a regular season, do the Bucks win? I don't deal in ifs, buts, and maybes. I deal in absolutes. True. True, though. True though, good, and this is why I say you can't take anything away from the books because at the end of the day, they still have to do it. They could easily have folded. But you just took away that it was hard. Li- li- I know. I'm with you, you on just this one. After you just took that away from them. He went, but if, he, if it wasn't for the best players being out, they would have not done it. She's so taking no, it away from they them. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. Let's be honest. You, you, both both of you know, both of you know that if Harden and, and Irving weren't injured, they would have lost to the Nets in round two. You both know that. Jared's shaking his head, but deep down, he knows. And I think, yes, they were injured and we don't deal in if, buts and maybes. That is as it is. And the if, buts and maybes, that's the reason why I can't take anything away from them. I just think Yanis is insane. Well, we've done it the hard way. Well, you did it the hard way given it with a large slice of favour by everybody else, all of the other teams who haven't done it the hard way, being injured, I think, Yanis. And that's why I still think you're great, though, mate. And honestly, I'd have you on the pod anytime. But you took it away from him, though. No, maybe I did. Well, we had, we had a lot more to, to get to on this pod. Unfortunately, I... Uh, I've- Messed this one up, lads. It's on me, this one. Bringing up the James Harden thing, you know, it, oh, it's God, taken time. talked about the Suns. They... We spoke about the Suns plenty here. The, the, the Suns talk about Mercy Williams. They were naff. The, the yeah, Suns had loads so. at the start. They, yeah, no. So, I mean, if, if you if Suns if, fans out there, I want to talk more <laughs> about Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, you know, what they're failing. Monty Williams talk, but I get it. I get it, guys. If you two want to carry on, by all means. But uh, our our basketball league needs me. I've just been. Given the information that we're, we've got five. We've got no subs for tonight, so this I've got I've got forty minutes of highly intense basketball in which we're going to get absolutely spanked to get to. So I'm going to have to go. 
So in line with that, we are at the end of the pod. I've just broken Vincent's heart and telling him that I, I'm, I'm not broken. I'm fine. Done with the podcast for the summer. We are taking a break. It's been um, well over a year now of, of many, many podcasts. A lot of hours recording, booking guests, not replying to guests that we're supposed to be replying to for weeks on end. It's 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 been a lot of work. It, it's time for us to to go and enjoy this summer. So this might be shout a- out if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> this might makes me laugh. It's like you know when guys like hey, that's quitting his job. It's like he's done- I'm out, mate. I'm tapping out. Literally, it's uh, it's been it's been great. I'd like to thank all my colleagues uh, at this firm. You've, you've, you've embraced me with open arms. The, <laughs> the, the canteen's absolutely top notch. Love the bakery staff as well. Shout out to you lot. Um, IT staff never get to my computer quick enough. It just froze during this podcast. Um, it's been a blast. It's been a great season. We will come back. We'll, we'll be back in the next couple of weeks probably to take stock of the season as a whole maybe discuss some of our some of our personal highlights but uh, but for the time being on a Sunday night you will catch me probably just like wasting time watching telly or something not doing anything actually productive but um, yeah it's been a blast so thanks for listening to us this playoffs this season thank you boys for sharing this journey and sayonara from me it's a big they better double me from me and ladies and gentlemen, it's been your boy Vincent. This may be our last ever pod, but we love you. We absolutely love you. See you later. We're working out the details. <laughs>